I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my workbook series, The Knowledge, will help you make changes like you've never made before. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about why can't I stop thinking about my ex? We've learned a different answer to that. An interesting answer, which we've probably touched on in similar right. ways, right. but we just are going to look at a different aspect of it today right. that is research-based, okay? Right. Obviously, one of the hardest parts about a breakup is not being able to turn off the thoughts. The thoughts. Right. It's exhausting. Yes. You feel just consumed. All you can think about is the X. You, you stay so distracted, you can't focus at work. Can't focus you can't on focus on anything. Even the things you enjoy doing, they don't feel... No. They feel meaningless. You don't care about them. It's just awful. It is. It really is exhausting. And you just then take those obsessive thoughts and focus on how this is your fault and you wouldn't be feeling this. And if, that's exactly what happens. We blame ourselves and go over and over again of what we did wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> how can I fix this? What yeah. can I do to fix this? It's exhausting. It's one of the most exhausting things I think a human being could go through. Yes, it is. And I know I've lived it. Yes. And that's why I'm so passionate about why what I do because having experienced this and knowing that I couldn't stop thinking about someone and it's so difficult not to think about every minute detail or or look at their social media and see exactly where they're at what they're doing. Or remember great times. You know, right around this time of year is when I broke up with the Applebee's girl. That's it was right. this month. Right. Probably within a week or so of when we're filming this. And so, actually, last night, I was going through some of my old text messages um, with my ex's co-worker that I don't remember what, I, what made me reach out to her. It was somebody that I had been friends with their sister. Yep. I mean, their brother. <laughs> and I, and yep. so, I messaged her and... You know, was trying to get information, which is not a good idea because it got she got mad at me. But she worked with the Applebee's girl and the guy she was dating, and she goes, "Oh, was it so and so?" I completely forgot about these messages. She goes, "Oh, was it so and so? He's kind of handsome." And I'm like, "No, it's not him." And she goes, "Don't tell me it's." And she said, "Beaky yeah. buzzer." She <laughs> goes, "Don't tell me it's him." And I'm like, yup. And she goes, he is a complete... I go, why? She goes, because he's a complete dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get. So I, I actually went through and yep. reviewed those text messages yep. and thought about it. Because, you know, when it comes to the anniversary of that breakup, obviously I talk about breakups all Remember the time. Remember, we, we've talked about anniversaries and how powerful they are. So I yeah. was thinking about that yep. last night and, you know, how hard it was for me not to think about her. But the thing that made that breakup even worse was that I 
was absolutely in love with her daughter, who was only just a little bit over a year old when I met her, and she hadn't even been walking or talking or anything till you know around three years old, and so I was so close with her. So I lost two people. Yes, you did. Yes, you didn't just have one loss. And had. so it was very difficult for me to navigate because I loved her daughter like my daughter. And so I couldn't separate the feelings right. that I was having towards my ex versus towards missing her daughter. It was kind of losing a family. It was. Yeah. It was losing sure. a family. Sure. And so, Margaret, you actually had to help me try and get angry at my ex and, you know, mourn losing the daughter, too. Yes. But, you know, getting angry at your ex is a big help um, because you didn't see it coming. You were blown away by some of the things she said that you hadn't heard before. Yeah. And you had a right to be angry. That yeah. doesn't mean you didn't love her. That didn't mean you didn't miss her. But the anger is a very important piece to help us get through the process. Yes. Absolutely. As I say to people, your anger is often your friend in the healing process. And you kept telling me that. Yeah. But I kept saying, I'm too sad. I was too sad, remember? I you was could just be sad. too sad. Just add a little anger. I couldn't. I couldn't for a long time right. because I missed her daughter so much. I know. And yeah. you guys laugh. I make jokes about, you know, crying at Applebee's. The reason that I cried was because she had brought up how much her daughter missed me. Yeah. Right? And that was it. That's, I yeah. mean, that was the And yet you, you had no control over that. There was no way to continue a relationship with her daughter when yeah. you broke up. It was tough. It was brutal. It was really tough, yeah. So I get it. I yeah. get the obsessive thinking. And yeah. Margaret has done some fantastic research again. We're going to talk about why. Why? There is a biological reason. That we hadn't known until now. Mm -hmm. And we've now been enlightened by our ongoing friend, Helen Fisher. Why We Love. There's the book. And she has had some brilliant insights in this book, I feel. And t at times I've had trouble putting the book down. It's so fascinating where she talks about our evolution um, as, a, as human beings. And some of the things that still go on now make sense in terms of the evolution. Yeah. In any case, the overview of what I'm going to talk about is the stages, she redoes the stages of what we go through when we have a loss like that. And the stages are protest, that's the first stage. We protest, where did they go? Mm -hmm. Why did they go? What are we going to do about this? And then there's sadness, and then there's despair when it occurs to us that we're probably not going to get this person back. <clears throat> Excuse me. After I read this, I thought, I have learned this sequence of events before. Where was that? I was taught that these are the stages a child goes through when they are separated from parents and placed in foster care. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Yeah. It's that level of loss. First they protest and they won't behave in the foster home, or they just mope, but the first stage is protest. And then they're sad, and then they really go into a state of despair, and you have to be very careful that they're taken care of in that state. So these stages have been thought of before and are probably universally applicable to a number of things. Yep. So first we protest. But what we have not known, at least from the research we've done, and we've done a ton of it between us, is that according to Helen Fisher, 
our chemical system does something we didn't know. It begins to flood our brain again with some of those feelings we had in the beginning of the relationship. Mm -hmm. With energy and with how much we love this person. So after this person leaves us and we're trying to deal with that, we get a flood of hormones that make it worse. Yes. And the evolutionary goal for that was so we would go out and look for them. That's right. Because it's a hardwired yep. part of us that keeps us from getting separated from the, our loved ones so we don't get killed. And in the early days, we couldn't afford to get separated from our tribe. And we couldn't, we couldn't afford to be alone. We couldn't afford to have our loved one be alone. And that's why small children don't wander too far from their parents. Yep. They, go, they go so far and then they come back. Right. Because it's hardwired. It's hardwired, right. So what we did not know to tell you before is that to make matters worse, we get an infusion of chemicals saying, you better go find this lost person. And we hear people do desperate things, go by their house, contact them at work, do all kinds of crazy yeah. things. And it's not just that we got crazy. We need to understand that we get a flood of hormones that make us do this stuff. Well, we knew that there was a chemical yes, being we released. Did. Yes, we did. But what we didn't realize is how intense it is. Right. What did she say about that in the book? that it is intense because it's really a survival mechanism. Yeah. We have to go find lost people. Um, and if you lived in a tribe, I think the standard number in the tribe was 64, you couldn't afford to have lost members. You know, yeah. everybody did their piece, everybody did their part. So you don't want to lose somebody who either hunts or finds good vegetables. But we were talking briefly before we were filming this about the level of the chemicals that you said it increases by Oh, did I give you a percent? I thought you said by double or something. Yeah, it pretty much doubles so that you, and your energy doubles to go do it. So your obsession and how much you loved with this, love this person doubles and so does your energy to go look for them. Yeah. So, and then we tell you calm down and think about something else. Not that much, not that much help, but at least you know you're not going crazy. Yeah. Okay, I think it's always better to know that you're fighting your hormones than doing this on your own. There is a biological component yes, there is. to why you're going through this. And, yes. you know, we have talked about hormones being released and, and you know, that it's a hard wiring, yep. that it's like an alarm system telling you reconnect or die. That's right, you know? Recon reconnect or die, that's mm -hmm. right. And it is an alarm system. But what I think Helen's been able to do is she does a lot of research and so I'm sure she's had enough studies to show right. what exactly the brain goes through in that situation. All her stuff is research-based, mm -hmm. yes. yeah. Um, and what she has done, I won't go into detail, but it's tricky and it would be long-winded, but she does a lot of studies on the brain. And she describes in here a study she did on the, on the brain with college students, because they're the people we can get. And she scanned their brains when they were in love. And then she scanned their brains again if they had a, a breakup. And it was dramatic. It was just dramatic. Absolutely. Yeah. She's also studied how every animal on earth courts and breaks up. And animals get all upset at a breakup as well. Animals go through breakups? Uh, they do. I did not know that. Yes. Because I've always heard about animals that will mate for life. There are some who but do. breakups? Breakups, yes. Yeah. Now, if you're a fox, now there are some monogamous species, foxes being one of them, 
And if the male fox, for whatever reason, if something happens to him and he can't can't stay with the female, she has a tough time feeding the pups. Mm. You know, so there are yes, there are some animals who do a breakup, and certainly there are animals who become separated from their mothers. And she talks about chimpanzees um, who make kind of a hoo hoo noise, making sad little hoo hoo noises, and they kind of put their arms around themselves and rock to try oh, wow. and comfort themselves. So, I mean, we can try that. If it works for them, hey, it might work for us. I don't know. But anyway, the first stage is protest. This is not okay. Um, and after protest, when we try and do what we can to get this person back and it doesn't work, of course we get depressed. Yeah. We get sad. And we start to mourn. Um, but we still can't accept the loss. It's still not over. It's still not done. And then comes a stage of despair when you're really depressed and say, what am I going to do with myself? It's what been four months I haven't heard from my ex. It's been six months I haven't heard from my ex. Four months, interestingly enough, um, is, a, is a common number. So stage two is resignation. This has happened and I'm going to have to deal with it. Okay? And... The abandoned partner gradually realizes that they're not getting the reward of getting that person back. And they get lethargic, you know, no energy, despondent and depressed. Depression is difficult because that saps you of the energy that your extra hormone just gave you. So you have all this energy to go look for them and then all of a sudden you have no energy at all when you hit the really depressed stage. And if you're depressed enough, um, then your friends know it and your family knows it and hopefully they come to your aid and yeah. offer you support. Yeah. Okay? Um, and that's one of the functions of the despondent state, she thinks, that it signals to everyone that you're not okay. Um, because people around you who care about you want you to be okay and they don't want you to suffer and when they see that you're still very upset and sad, they often try to come to your aid and make you feel better. And even if they say the wrong thing, which they often do, at least they showed up, you know? Yeah. So you're not quite as alone as you thought you were. Yep. Um, and then there's, a, you know, a panic um, where you might do some renewed efforts and then you end up accepting that this loss really did happen. And that's hard. And then there's something that she calls love rage. How could you do this to me? Mm. Right? We were so close, how possibly could you have done this to me? Mm. And that, she finds, is universal in literature, in stories, in everywhere, that there is a love rage yeah. after you go through a lot of the sadness stuff. And of course, being angry at someone is one of Mother Nature's tools to help us move on from them. You know, we have to get angry at our parents to separate from them. We have to get angry at our love to move on. Okay, Helen Fisher likes the term. She refers to the partners always as a sweetheart. And she points out, after telling us all of the gruesome details of what we go through, she points out that time will eventually heal most of this. If we've processed it and, you know, if we've kind of done our end of it. You gotta process it. You gotta process it. You gotta talk about, it till, about it till you're sick of hearing yourself. Yeah. And your friends are sick of hearing from you. Yep. Anything you can talk about um, is is much helpful, much more helpful. But in some of the stuff that she's talking about, it's so old that it doesn't look like we knew how to talk yet. 
So it would be double hard um, to let your campmates know, your tribe mates know, that you're in distress. I suppose you can rub your eyes and cry a lot. That yeah. would give them the message. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but when you start to think of some of these things, I never thought about that. Before we talked, how did we communicate with anybody? You know? I'm sure we did hand signals and exaggerated facial expressions and all of that sort of thing. Wow. And I'm sure we grunted. Oh. <laughs> huh? <laughs> what? Yeah, right. <laughs> I say, oh, he goes, huh? <laughs> um, all right, so those are the stages we go through. Any further, any further comments? So well, don't ever think there's something wrong with you. No, you're going through yeah. what human beings go through yeah. at the end of a relationship. We're hardwired to connect. It's tied to our safety and our survival. Your brain is telling you, go get that person, go reconnect or you're going to die. Since we were babies, since we were very small toddlers, your brain tells you to do that. And so there is a biological component with chemicals and hormones being released in your brain that is making you feel even more obsessed with what's going on. What's going we on? didn't realize that the surge in the hormones was as high as it was. That's right. Neither did she. She was shocked when she found out. It doesn't surprise me yeah. at all, really. Uh, it's nice to hear because right. it kind of goes along with what we've been saying yes. for a very long time. Yes. Yeah. You know? So at least know. Like I say, it's important to know you're not going crazy. Absolutely. And just when you think you're starting to get over it a little bit, here comes this surge of hormones. Says you better go look for them, and then you drive by their house, check their social media. Absolutely. What else do you do? Yeah, you 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 want to stalk them. You want to ask friends and family right. about them. Right. You want to do anything you can to find out where they're at, what they're doing, who they're with. Yep. And she tells an interesting story, which I think she probably made up with probably some material to make it up from. And she was talking about a time before we talked, before we had language. And she talks about a woman who ended up with a guy who was blatantly seeing and having sex with another woman in the tribe. Mm -hmm. Okay? So this woman had to find a way to tell her kin and the people around her what was going on. Now, how would you do that if you couldn't tell, if you couldn't talk? You would point a lot of hand gestures. Yeah, you, yes. You would point to the guy and say... I can think of a couple. Yes, I can too, and I'm sure they had them. You're going to point to him and go... You know. <laughs> There's a few that I'll leave out. Yeah. Um, but can you imagine trying to communicate that? Anyway, apparently the woman did, and he did get thrown out of the tribe, so I was happy to hear that. Mm. Um, but she must have had to do some fancy gesturing to get all that across, <laughs> right? Yeah. Wow. So her brothers would go get the bum. Exactly. Yep. All right, so hopefully this helps you understand the biological components of why yep. you can't stop thinking about your ex right. and that you're not crazy. No, that's you're the important You're hardwired to yep. do this. Yeah. Perfectly normal. Yeah. And when you've had attachment trauma, it makes it that much harder because it brings up all of that. Oh, of course, because every loss brings up every other loss, of yep. course. Yeah. That's why some breakups are so much harder than others, yeah. right? But, you know, I just want to point out on a hopeful note here, you were thinking about and, and revisiting your breakup 
um, on the anniversary of it. Yeah. And that's extremely healthy, that every time you do that, you review it, and the anniversary is a great time to do that. You work through the loss further. Yep. Yeah. And it helps me to think about it because I look at how I did things, what didn't work, how I made things worse, what I could have done differently, and it puts me always in a position to think about how to help you guys better. Yep. So, because I want to make sure that I give you guys the best opportunity to turn things around. You don't want anybody to go through this again if you can help it. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what they say, we give people what we wish we had gotten. Yep. So there you have it. Yeah. Okay. The opportunity to fix it. So take a hormone to lunch. What does that mean? Um, be nice to your hormones. <laughs> yeah. And just know they're there. And sometimes they are more responsible than we realize for what we do. I think the times we become most aware that we have hormones is when you get an adrenaline rush. Yeah. When you're in traffic and a car misses you by, you know, a quarter of an inch. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. And, you know, you get the adrenaline rush. That's when we remember that we do have hormones that yep. affect our behavior. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Put a like on there. Make sure you subscribe to the channel to support the channel. If you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret is available for Skype coaching. Feel free to sign up with me if you think I could be helpful. I, I would love to talk with you. Just click on Margaret on the top of the website to do that. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.